I really enjoyed doing when I was a kid growing up was being a part of Boy Scouts. So I started when I was real young and I went up through the ranks and eventually um, attained the rank of Eagle Scout. But one of the things I enjoyed doing in my particular troop was almost every single month throughout the entire year, we would have some sort of outdoor adventure. I remember we would have these old army tents that we would use to get out for our overnight camping trips. I remember the smell of the canvas. I remember the, when it rained, the sound that would happen on top of the tents as we were preparing, uh, as we were sleeping throughout the night. And then there were certain times throughout the year that we would actually go out into the woods a couple weekends before our trip and actually create and build our own shelters. There's something about camping, but not only camping, but camping in a tent, setting the tent up and and sitting around the campfire, creating memories that will last an entire lifetime. Throughout Scripture, we read a lot about tents and dwelling places. The Bible uses the term tabernacle many times in the Old Testament that talked about where God was active in staying. Sometimes it would be translated as a a hut or a booth. Any temporary dwelling place. In the book of Genesis, right at the beginning, there is a garden that is created, right? The Garden of Eden. This is a dwelling place that is talked about in Scripture. The animals, sun, moon, stars, light, darkness, Adam and Eve, they all come together in this tabernacle where God's presence is intimately felt. This is a paradise. God pitches his tent, so to speak, stays in this tabernacle that is called Eden, in the middle of creation. Later on in the story, uh, in Genesis, things seem to go downhill pretty quickly. All of the people that God created started to live against everything that God stood for. Sin and death entered into the world, destroying this tabernacle, this paradise, this Eden. Eventually, the only way to save the world was to destroy the world. So so God called Noah to build an ark with little people that were left along with these animals, and they survived in this ark for 40 days and 40 nights. And the word ark in Scripture means this vessel, this dwelling place where God is present, this tabernacle. Later on in the story, Moses leads his people out of Egypt, out of slavery, into freedom, into the promised land where they were in the desert for 40 years, living in the wilderness. Dwelling in tents. 
And with them they carried the ark, the vessel, the ark of the covenant. And in this ark of the covenant is where God, God's presence was truly felt, holding the Ten Commandments that were given to Moses. All of these special things that were special to the Israelites as they were moving their way into the promised land. And then 500 years after Moses, King Solomon builds a massive and permanent dwelling place, a temple. This is where the house of God was. This temple to today is considered the eighth wonder of the world. It symbolizes the paradise first given to us in the Garden of Eden. It's included in, in there is a menorah, which symbolizes the tree of life. So as we read scripture, you begin to notice again and again and again these, these tents, these dwelling places, these, these tabernacles where, where God's presence was truly felt. Time and time again, God is felt in these places. Just as we have built the place where we are today, this tent, this tabernacle, this dwelling place where we come and feel the Spirit of God moving in, with, and under this community. So when we read in the gospel lesson today how Jesus and James and Peter and John go up the mountain and they have this wonderful, incredible experience. Jesus now, the Messiah is here, so Peter wants to put these tents up because that is what you do. Thousands of years of history have has told them this is what needs to happen next. But then suddenly, as quickly as it appeared, it is gone. No more voice of God. No more Elijah. No more Moses. All of a sudden, it's just Peter, James, John, and Jesus. They are up on this mountaintop. They've experienced something magical and and wonderful and life-changing. Quite honestly, Peter, James, and John do not know what to do next. They, They are so overwhelmed by awe and fear, by experiencing this. Jesus tells them, well, it is now time to go back down the mountain, make our way to Jerusalem. And this is where I'm going to die. The kingdom has, in fact, come. Just not in the way that Peter was expecting it. Then here's the kicker, right? Jesus says to them, and tell no one about this experience until after I die. So how are we as a church continuing to build these tents, tabernacles, or dwelling places in the world? 
where people can experience the true presence and love and mercy and grace and peace of God. How, how is Prince of Peace doing this in the world today? How can we continue to experience God and help others experience God in a real, powerful, meaningful way? As I announced earlier, we, we have done that this past week in a real, meaningful way, right? We have built a dwelling place, a tent, a temporary home for individuals in our community to stay. Where they felt welcomed, they felt warm, they, they were fed, they felt safe. We were able to provide that as a church community by opening our doors, by taking a risk. Yesterday, we opened our doors again to another organization by providing a training for mental health first aid. And that is not only a dwelling place where we gather together on Saturday for eight hours, but that is also providing opportunities for those who are at that training to provide a safe space for individuals who may be experiencing issues with their mental health so that we can be there to support, nurture, and love them, to provide another opportunity for them to seek the resources that they so desperately want and need. This is what church is about. We provide another opportunity each and every week when we gather here in worship. We have this temporary tent or tabernacle or dwelling place where we come together as a community. Where maybe we wake up on a Sunday morning and we feel like there, there's no way that I'm able to go and see people face to face. I'm just not feeling, feeling like that. that's a possibility right now. But the Spirit moves in our heart and moves in our lives and, and leads us here where we hear Scripture where we are able to have a conversation with each other, where we are able to pray, and most importantly, at least for me many of the times, we receive the sacrament, the bread and the wine, the body and blood of Christ. That physical sign of God's grace and forgiveness in my life. And every time I receive that, I know in a real, meaningful, powerful way that God is with me. That God has never left me. That God will never forsake me. These are the opportunities that we, as a church, even in this past week, have been able to present for others to experience the love and the grace of God. And as a community, we will be moving forward this week. Ash Wednesday well, we will remember that we were once dust created in that paradise in Eden. And again, we will return to dust. And then we will start Lent. 
And together, we will journey together throughout the season of Lent. Experiencing the wonders that Jesus does for each and every single one of us. Where Jesus reveals his suffering, his compassion, his sacrifice. And we follow Jesus down the mountain of transfiguration, down the mountain of glory, into the valley of the shadow of death. We're in 40 days after Lent starts. We witness Jesus sacrificed on the cross. But then we will come together as a community and celebrate not only his birth, Not only his life, not only his death, but his resurrection. We continue to call out, to be called out into the world, to create more dwelling places, more tabernacles, more tents, where people can experience the love of God. Amen.